Hello and welcome to the DC United Kingdom podcast. We are back. I know it's been a while. It's been about four weeks, but I've got you. I've got you. Um, some great news has recently been announced, so we'll go through that in a moment. But as you'll see, alongside me, just that side, actually, not that side. I get confused because, you know, flippity-flop, um, is Daniel Wise. Hello, Daniel. How are you doing? Hey, James. Good to be back. Uh, you know, it's we're... We're in some very uh, strange times, but, you know, with uh, soccer making its return, there's there's at least uh, something that's that's kind of uh, bringing bringing me back uh, to a normal state. Um, But, you know, with with a lot of turmoil, with uh, the pandemic and the protests that are happening over here in the states, um, you know, it's it's just it's good to finally have something at least, you know, uh, you know, when I'm not trying to uh, sort of wrap my head around everything that's happening and, and trying to advocate the best that I can, um, it's good to have something that at least takes a little uh, focus off off a, a lot of uh, things. But you know, um, yeah, it's it's fantastic to be back. Uh, we've already had a few weeks of soccer with uh, the Bundesliga, and now the uh, MLS has has announced their return along with a lot of other leagues, and so we'll finally be able to see our our boys in the black and red uh, take to the field. So I'm super excited about it. No, absolutely. As you can see, I've just behind me. I've got um, a few of the uh, the shirts up on display now. Um, I mean, to be honest, they'll come back down after the show is finished because they're just on coat hangers on the wardrobe. <laughs> right. I really don't have a proper podcasting room, but, you know, here we go. Um, so, yeah, so we need that positivity in the times that we've had this year so far. It's, cause 2020, it's been a bit of a write-off, hasn't it? Um, uh, You know, <laughs> from the first moment, it's sort of, you know, you had the... Uh, conflict in Iran and and now you know it's just sort of snowballed into a lot of things with Tiger Kings and Death Hornets and you know uh, you, you, I was kind of hoping that was that would be the worst that we'd experience would be you know that sort of craziness but you know obviously with coronavirus and a lot of the police brutality that's been going on uh, here in the states and and the response to that uh, is is distressing to say the least. Um, but you know, like we said, things are back, and so you know, do you, do I, you know, uh, so so, there was a bit bit of an announcement mm-hmm. uh, today, yes, and you know, luckily things uh, came through. So you know, what 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 can you say? Uh, what can you say about the return of Major League Soccer? So yeah, so this literally came out the hour before we started recording. So this is really hot off the press. So let me just get the uh, the actual article up because the which i've just posted onto the website so on dcunitedkingdom.com to head over there and have a quick look um because it's just you've got all the teams there so they're heading down on the is it the 24th did i remember or was it the 20 or 20 or the 14th so i'm I'm getting um, confused again (laughs) yeah so so well you know i guess first off you know it was announced that uh there's going to be the (laughs) 2020 mls is back tournament what's a name oh boy um you know (laughs) 
leave it to us to, to really like bring out the big guns in, in terms of name. Although I will say, you know, with, with last year's MLS cup, with the hats that came out, uh, you know, sort of uh, through the, the kind of uh, backwoods vendors, <laughs> you know, with the uh, 2019 MLS world cup hats uh, yeah. last year, I thought that was, that was primo. And, and that's something that should be considered going forward. <laughs> Because this is America, and obviously, you know, it's going to be the World Cup if it takes place in America. Of course, yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, gosh, I like the format, you know, sort yeah. of taking a World Cup format, but then awful name. That's a Don Garber name, and, oh. and so uh, not thrilled about that. But, I, you know, very I don't happy sound to see. too offensive, but it's very yeah. American, isn't it? It's, I, I mean, the only next step or, or the only thing that could be uh, topping that would be if they called it the MLS World Cup, be a little bit on the nose, but, uh, uh, you know, yeah. appropriate nonetheless. Oh, no, absolutely. Um, right. So I'm just going through it. So it's happening at the ESPN Wide World of Sports Complex. Talk yep. about a mouthful. Down in Orlando, Florida. Oh, yes. In July, um, so it all kicks off on July eighth. I mean, that's going to be sweaty. Very that place. If if you know DC is uh, you know sort of a, a Campbell's soup, uh, like a Campbell's tomato soup. Uh, Florida I where this is, is going. <laughs> is the chunky, uh, you know, sort of beef stew of humidity and heat. And it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's along the lines of, of the Qatar world cup, uh, except soupy. And so, uh, you know, it's just, I, I guess, you know, that's, that's sort of the, uh, you know, only venue that can kind of handle sort of an influx of something like 2000 players, uh, coming in, uh, you know, 2000 players, and then you have staff and coaches and TV crews. So that's really the only logical place that can support uh, something like that. Uh, but just sort of the worst time to really have oh, something like that go it is, on. It is just going to be absolutely crazy. But they're giving the players enough time to kind of acclimatize. So they're heading out there from the 24th of June. Um, yep. So that's a good couple of weeks to really get used to the uh, weather and the climate out there. Um, yeah. As we've already said, it's a FIFA World Cup style tournament, so we've got six groups. Uh, matches pretty much every single day. Mm-hmm. That's going to be awesome. But strange times. I don't know whether this is a typo, but you've got 9am. Oh boy, yeah. yeah. Which is really bizarre. So that's going to be 2pm UK time. You think which, which is which is advantageous for you. I am loving that. <laughs> I am absolutely lo- the only downside is I'm back at work when this is on. Right. So I'm potentially going to be missing some games because um as you know obviously the pandemic um in the UK it's mm-hmm. a 2 meter social distance um so roughly when- 6 feet right yeah r- r- i mean i'm <laughs> 2.1 meters so it's roughly okay. a james graham away um yep. <laughs> which is difficult to do to be mm-hmm. honest especially on on the paths 
when you're walking down beside someone, the paths aren't even two meters wide, so you've got to go on the road. Um, right, you're you're in one of those, uh, you know, sort of picturesque English villages, aren't you? Yeah. Kind of in those Midlands areas. Uh, you're not too far from Lesser City, aren't you? Uh, oh, it's probably about an hour and a half, two hours hour away. So you know what? In, in America, where that's I quite close. That's especially where I'm at, sort of in all lives matter country, like an hour and a half. Yeah, that's that's you know not that that's not too far away. Uh, it's it's you know we definitely measure our distances in time here, so uh, that's that's close enough in my book. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's so we're in we classed as Southwest, um, but okay. it's it's about as north of the Southwest as you can get. Gotcha. So okay, um, very close to Wales. Yes. Okay. So about. 40 minute drive to wales not bad so it's quite close to my which yeah yeah um some lovely places in wales uh so yeah back on it um i forgot mm-hmm. where so yes yeah, so 9 a.m so it's gonna be a 2 p.m kickoff for me in the uk so yeah i'm back at work i work on the high street um i'm not really gonna get much of a break to be able to watch those games so unless i'm on a day off um which sucks yeah the rest of the games are going to be kicking off at 8 p.m. Uh, Eastern Daylight Time. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be about 1 a.m. Again, really tough to catch all of that. Yeah. You know, it's, I can you know, do you, it. weekends, you know, for the most part work, but yeah. uh, that's it's, it's a, a lot of soccer and it's going to, yeah, for, for a league that really struggles for for coverage here in the states um i i think they're you know uh with the channels they have deals with uh i think they'll definitely uh take that content especially these days where there's virtually nothing as far as sports go uh the the best thing you can really find in terms of live uh competition is the bundesliga and then your uh E IndyCar and Formula E racing, and I think Formula One racing. You know, they have the uh, racers on iRacing, and you're essentially watching a Twitch stream on TV uh, of of the racers, oh, right. and it's showing it's showing the iRacing. You know, and then you've got your sort of cross section of of racers and showing their webcams. Uh, and all that and there's been some some issues with that where some players have actually been outright fired because of their conduct because they treat it like they're <laughs> playing a video game there was one player who basically just rage quit and so he was dropped by his sponsors and dropped by he was a racer for audi wow and audi actually just outright uh uh fired him and so and then you've also had uh, uh racers who were quite loose with their language <laughs> And yeah. that was essentially broadcast. And so, uh, you know, it's it's been a weird adjustment for a lot of people. So I imagine, you know, the, the channels will take this. But again, it's going to be at a time when people are working. So, you know, your your yeah. hardcore followers are going to tune in in some yeah. capacity. But uh, really tough for that that mainstream audience um yeah i reckon what will happen is the 9 a.m games will be kind of the the minor matches 
yeah the apm will be the big one so if it ends up being someone like atlanta versus lafc Mm-hmm. That would be an 8 p.m. kickoff game. The last time that they've got on there is 10.30 p.m. And that's basically a wash at that point. Yeah. People are either you know going to bed or, or watching the late night shows. So, well, you know, uh, I, think, I think MLS is going to try to do the best they can with what they have. Yeah. I, I think it's up to them to sort of um, really highlight the league. Yeah when they start up uh, and, and really sort of try to capture a new audience. Um, but again, that's so tough because here in the States, uh, the response whenever soccer is brought up is eye rolls at best and outright hostility at worst. So uh, it's, it's just one of those uh, problems. Um, so, you know, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how all of that shakes out Um once once this kicks off and i guess you know sort of with with that you know uh you know i guess you also uh mentioned uh the collective bargaining agreement uh that was happening between the players and the teams and their uh association yeah and so yeah so you know i i imagine things are a little bit different in england is this sort of the first thing or first time you've sort of seen uh, or been exposed to something like this, like a, a CBA between players yeah. and teams. Oh, yeah. I mean, the CBA is literally brand new to me. Um, when I first started watching MLS and really getting properly into it, in the UK, mm-hmm. just doesn't happen. There's no... No. Because the, cause I think the way the contracts are done over in MLS are, are a lot different to what we have in over here in the UK. So we don't have things like the salary cap. We don't have um, it all done through a major corporation like Major League Soccer. It's done through the clubs. Um, granted, you've got agents to worry about uh, over here and the rest mm-hmm. of the world. So they get a lot of money. Um, then you've got image rights. You've got uh, media rights. You've got all the other stuff on top of that. Um, so that's done on a kind of a per player basis and then a per club basis. So, the only thing that you kind of have commitment-wise is with the media um, as such, so doing TV interviews. So every single Premier League manager has to do a press conference uh, before the game and after the game. Right. When you compare it to United States and Major League Soccer, where you're only allowed a limited amount of chartered flights, mm-hmm. that really, really stings. And then you've got the, then you've got the salary cap. So potential earnings are limited, and it's I get salary cap. I love the salary cap. Just needs to be yep, a little bit higher. Right. But yeah, it's it's definitely unusual. Let's put it that way. Uh, I'm just trying to think if there's any other sports that have something similar. But. Well, yeah, it, it seems to be a uniquely American thing. Uh, you, you don't really see it in other parts of the world. And it's happened in pretty much every league over here where there is a players association, kind of like a union yeah. that represents the interests of the players. And, you know, every so often they will clash heads with the owners of the teams uh, to essentially hash out a new uh, collective bargaining agreement, which is sort of like a uh, sort of a baseline contractual uh, 
standard that that you know sort of goes across you know all the teams throughout the league and and applies to the players and so it it sort of essentially guarantees you know sort of like a league minimum uh contractual uh structures what rights the players have to like terminate a contract or you know what what teams can do to terminate contracts create contracts that whole thing yeah. so it's all it's all done to sort of like standardize and so you've got a lot more control here with salary caps and whatnot and then obviously over in europe you've got a a wild range of of you know score sort of top to bottom what what players uh oh. how good a player's agent is oh did i did we lose each other we did for a brief moment, but that, I think we're okay. We're okay. We'll just carry on. Okay, so, uh, you know, I, a lot of it is determined by player agents, and so, you know, players can kind of s- structure their contract however they want with, mm. like, buyout clauses or, you know, uh, other weird things like, you know, whatever that weird, messy contract has where he can more or less dictate where he goes uh, after – Barcelona uh, um it's yeah so so you've got a lot more control over here whereas in Europe it's it's a whole different kind of it, you know where the players have sort of like a lot of independence depending on on their uh, specific cloud so yeah. uh, it's it's really interesting it is um, but th- oh carry on carry on sorry oh but yeah so um I guess with with this one uh, we we sort of a very we avoided a a pretty hairy situation about a week ago. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was we've just been given was it forty eight hours notice to agree to this new CBA, and the previous one took what was it eighteen months to hash out. It was it was something like that, but they had just reached a sort of uh, a. They they drew very close to a deadline where uh, the teams were just about ready to lock out the players. So like a lockout during a collective bargaining agreement basically is this point where the teams are cut off from their players until a deal is hashed out. So that means, you know, no training. Players can't even enter a facility. They can't even communicate with coaches or administration or whatever it's all done you know through whatever the players association and the mls has up in terms of the lines of communication so at that point the players would have been locked out and then it would really just been between the mls players association and mls itself so uh got very close to having a bad situation a lot of that is because uh, of the pandemic and and they had just reached a new agreement back in February yeah. but this whole thing had really uh, thrown a wrench into that whole plan so like you know teams have had to reckon with with scaling back uh, because of this yeah it's been an absolute crazy crazy time with the pandemic and literally everything has been affected and you look at some clubs they've really adapted to the situation you look at um bill hamid's former team uh, fc midgeland which i think i pronounced yep. right i think that's that's how i pronounce it i think that's we'll go with it um and what they've done is they've set up a drive-in 
because they've got massive car park and i was reading an article about it and when they built the stadium and everything it was right next to an arena a massive massive arena so they had thousands of car parking spaces Mm -hmm. but they always thought of it as a negative thing um because they had no use for it the stadium isn't as big as this arena so the pandemic hit and obviously all the games are going to be behind closed doors and instead of thinking oh well we're going to lose out on a lot of money and all this they realized actually they can use those parking spaces put massive screens around the stadium drive in they've got the radio tuned in um to a certain uh, frequency so you can tune into the commentary it's just i think that is an absolute brilliant idea um it means the fans get to go they stay in the car so obviously socially distancing and though inside the stadium mm-hmm. they've got big screens of all the fans so yeah i think it's it's a, it's a great idea i think it's just i don't understand why more teams haven't done something like that whether it's just down to the the fact that it's difficult with parking and whatnot but I think they've really, really done well with that. I think they've hit the nail on the head with how to innovate and integrate fans back into the uh, back into the atmosphere. Yeah, you know, I th- I think a lot of that has to do with um, maybe a lack of top down leadership, uh, sort of overall with the pandemic response and and sort of like you, like you say, sort of integration and innovation of different different ideas as to help uh you know people adapt to this new situation um i i yeah you know a, a lot of people got kind of caught not really paying attention to anything um you know when it comes to america i don't know it's very strange we're a very touchy feely uh nation so i think um you know a, a lot of people when they go to a sporting event they want to be sort of in the atmosphere within the stadium you know they want to tailgate with their friends before the game they want to be in the stadium otherwise you know if you're not sort of in the stadium experiencing it well then why go uh because otherwise if you're just sitting in your car watching a screen you know we have this view that like oh that's not the same thing that doesn't you know count or anything like that so it's sort of like this purity aspect you know, but like you said, you know, it's kind of uh, they're they're missing a larger point where like they can still uh, support their clubs, support their teams, uh, just in a different way. Uh, and so, you know, there's this just sort of this weird thing uh, over here in the states. You know, people talk about like they don't like watching baseball on the TV, but they'll go to the stadium to watch it because that's a whole different experience. Uh, it, it, so this probably sounds super foreign to you. Probably no one says something like that. No, I, to be honest, I, I get it. I totally okay. get it. Um, and I understand that because I haven't experienced, obviously, the culture of going to a sporting event over here in the UK and over in the, in the States. Yeah, I totally get it. I think it's much... I do feel like it is much better when you're in the grounds. Um, mm-hmm. I've been to some fantastic uh, soccer matches over here in the UK, so... I, Growing up, I was a Middlesbrough fan. So I mean, technically, I still am. Um, just not as much as where are you? These guys here, yeah, <laughs> um, anymore. But um, 
I've been to some of the European um, nights and mm-hmm. there's some fantastic games. So I'll just quickly um, tell you about one. So um, FC Basel, um, we were up against it. We were three goals down on aggregate. So um, away goals, you name it. We, we had to score four goals to win the tie to get through to the semi-final. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd we've played against clubs like Lazio, we've played against Roma, we've sported Lisbon the season before, we've played against some great teams, but we've never been up against it like that. And you, you get the first goal going, you get the second goal going, and then you're thinking, hang on, something might be on here. And you just, yeah. you, you, you're part of the crowd, you're getting behind the team, the third goal goes, and you're like, holy, one yeah. more. We just need one more. And then Massimo Macaroni steps up and gets that goal. And it's just, I mean, literally. That is, that is the greatest the name. Back of my arm, just talking that, about it. And being that, that, I don't think I'd be able to talk about it or get get those goosebumps if I, if I was just at home watching it on TV. Because I know yeah. the experience of being there and being a part of the crowd, being a part of the club. It's just so I totally get it why America you want to be part of it, you want to be in the stadium and everything. Mm-hmm. That's I totally get that. Um, and then we did it again I'll in say... the semi final as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was just one crazy season. Get to the final at Eindhoven, and it's just like, yeah, we've just come back from three goals down twice in a row. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was just something else, but uh. And then we lost 4-0 in the final. Oh, no. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, you know, to, to sort of add to that, you know, I guess first I'll say, uh, aside from Nacho Monreal, uh, mm. Massimo Macaroni has to be the gr- one of the greatest soccer names I've ever heard. <laughs> um, but two, you know, sort of to, to that fact, um, actually one of my best sporting experiences outside of a stadium was when I was studying in London and for that 2008 uh, Champions League final between Chelsea and Manchester United, uh, we went to the student union, which was kind of in this big uh, castle square uh, area. And it was something like 400 local students all came to this area and they set up these big screens and like, you know, everyone was watching in the, in the square or they were inside the bar watching on screens in there. But like, I, you know, you were talking about like goosebumps and this was sort of before I really got into soccer. Um, I, I got a good sense from that, especially when they got down uh, to those final penalty kicks oh. after 120 minutes. Uh, everyone, you know, for the most part during the match, everyone was just kind of sitting down watching it. And like, you know, when when goals were scored, they jumped up and, you know, sang and hollered and all that. But then when the PKs start, uh, everyone stood up and then yeah. they all moved like within inches of the screen. And suddenly it was like you're you were at a concert. And then, you know, every time, you know, uh, 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 you know, a penalty kick was scored or missed or whatever you just have these crazy emotions that that sort of went through in waves in the crowd and then finally when when the final result uh was was made i mean the place just blew up um it was it was a pretty incredible experience so you know to a degree like yeah you know uh, 
that's when I kind of realized, oh, you don't necessarily have to be in a stadium to have that experience. But you do need a sense of like kind of community uh, while yeah. you're you're watching. So, you know, but but good. Good on what what team was that? That, that uh, uh, Midland. Uh, good on them for for, you know, sort of figuring out a way to to make this work during this time of corona yeah no absolutely it's it's nice to see the innovation and everything going on there so i'll be keeping a keen eye on that and seeing how yeah. how it goes so um just going on that i mean obviously they've doing that but what you've got as well a bit more innovation mm-hmm. um happening over here in the uk with the premier league um so the broadcasters over here sky sports BT Sport, um, they are looking at using their apps that you've got on mobile devices. And you've got, I know Sky Sports do, are going to do this where you have a virtual chat room so you can see your mates. Oh, that's that's rad. Watch the games whilst you're with your mates having a beer. Yeah. That, oh, that's... That's awesome. And what's even yeah. better, it goes one further, they're going to broadcast that inside the stadium. That's so cool. That's oh, that's awesome. I love it. Yeah, uh, I don't know why the BT are doing the same, but they're using their app to kind of bring some more innovative stuff to the experience. Uh, thankfully, I've got access to Bud, so I'll be doing that now from next Wednesday. Yes, um, uh, and then for the first time ever, uh, the BBC have got Premier League games free to show over over here which is just awesome so i can't wait to see that um then amazon prime have got a few games as well so they've so both bbc amazon have got four games sky have got 50 odds and then bt have got 20. so you'll be able to more or less like catch everything literally every single game has been broadcast and and that'll be i guess but like with with like BN Sport and and Sky Sport and all of that uh will so so are those being broadcast for free like are you able to watch those those games for free on those apps uh so Sky Sports they've got like I said they've got 50 odd games I think they're broadcasting I can't remember if it's 20 something or 30 something free of charge so that's awesome oh wow uh BT yeah. Sport are not doing any so you have to be a BT customer to be able to watch all of them Gotcha. Which kind of sucks. Okay. See, there's everyone else yeah. doing free, but you know. It's over here in the States, it's so fractured where you have to have, you know, not only a cable subscription for most things, <laughs> but you also need uh, your your sort of disparate uh, app um, memberships. And even then, you're not getting uh, most of the games. Uh, like, you need an ESPN uh, Plus subscription if you want to catch you know, maybe a couple uh, La Liga games, a couple Serie A games. Uh, then, you know, for uh, for NBC Sports, which is the Premier League, uh, mm. they'll show some games on NBC Sports, but then you need a separate NBC Sports Gold subscription, which is 50 or $60 a year to ah. catch your, if, if say, yeah, you're a... Uh, you know, if you support a mid mid table team like your your Waffords or Wolves or whatever, mm. uh, you you need to 
get this subscription so you can watch those games online. And so it's, it's so fractured and it's so inconsistent. Um, it's, it's really rough. You know, I'm, I'm an Arsenal fan. So like, I'll be able to catch most Arsenal games as they happen. But even then that's still kind of uh 50, 50. I mean, do you want to catch all the Arsenal games? Not <laughs> in current times. Uh, but you know, uh, <laughs> the options there and and i'm at a stage where i will politely decline (laughs) but uh you know i guess you know with with the return or sort of the staggered return uh one league that has benefited from an early return is the german bundesliga and have you been catching any of that i've been catching up with quite a lot so as you know at the moment i'm i'm off work um still looking after uh, the little boy, and that has thankfully given me quite a lot of time to watch Bundesliga. Um, yeah. So I, I watched um, quite a few games. I've watched it um, when it first started back. That was weird um, because there's no, obviously, no crowd. So that was mm-hmm. the kind of the first um, league that came back without any any crowd there. Obviously, we had the K League just before it, um, but yep. I mean, just quickly. Just before we talk on more about uh, Bundesliga, the K League. Yeah. Did you see the team that put the dolls in the crowd? I didn't catch any of that. So I don't Was, know whether so... I should say it, but there were dolls of a certain nature. Like, <laughs> like yeah, like troll dolls or no, or blow up dolls. No. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those kind of dolls were in the stadium. <laughs> advertising. Oh, oh. Yeah. In, in a Western context, that is a... <laughs> That's oh. The thing is, that industry is banned in Korea as well. Is it? Yeah. It's illegal. Oh. <laughs> Wait, so, man, that's Yeah, that's, so that's crazy, strange. right? They've got a small fine. Not a huge one, Uh just a small one, but yeah. There you go. Great. Okay. Yeah. Back to Bundesliga. Yeah. That little uh, detour. detour. Um, (laughs) Well, I'm going to have to uh, Google that and, and, (laughs) man, really sort of see, you know, get that that third-hand experience there. But, uh, you know, so so who – did you have a Bundesliga team uh, before or has this – uh, sort of giving you a chance to find one, or or what's what's it been like? So for me, I've not had a Bundesliga team. Um, there was that little uh, uh, flowchart that I sent out on the TCUK group. Um, yeah. Which apparently I'm supposed to support Hoffenheim. And what what was your uh, sort of track to them? Do you remember? Uh, um, it was there was something about being a corporate lackey, which I said no to. <laughs> Yeah. Um, oh, what else is there? I can't there was remember. That, like that was the one lackey, I keep... uh, Do you like a winner or do you yeah. like uh, you know a loser or whatever like that? Yeah. And then there was like, do you like success or not or like you know a little success or something like that? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, then... so I I ended up at Hoffenheim, but to be okay. honest, I've been watching a lot of Dortmund just because of uh, Erling Haaland. Yes, because he is and... just phenomenal. 
I, I have to say the weirdest thing about sort of like seeing the return of Bundesliga is like what teams came back like as if they never even stopped competing. Yeah. And some teams that came back and clearly showed they took advantage of a break. Um, yeah. You had some uh, lopsided scorelines, to say the least, on yeah. that return. And they primarily came from uh, Borussia Dortmund and Bayern Munich. Yeah. Uh, they, it seemed as though they had some maybe under the table training sessions, maybe some secret, uh, you know, <laughs> midnight sessions where they, uh, you know, never quite lost that chemistry because you had some teams where, I mean, you had uh, players just completely lose their sense of organization, their sense of awareness, and then some players that just seemed so sharp as if they had never left the field in the first place. Um, And and so, yeah, with with me, uh, I guess, you know, I, I had been somewhat supporting them before, but I guess it's sort of, cemented now but it was uh, uh Borussia uh, Gladbach, uh-huh. and the the track there was kind of similar to yours it was like do you are you a corporate lackey uh do you like a team that wins all the time wins a little of the time and then something about are you a fan of fascist architecture <laughs> and I said no and so then uh Gladbach uh, became my team but I guess you know it's sort of been uh, between them and Schalke that yes, I've sort of yeah. followed over the years you know Schalke having Weston McKinney as a player so like you know I like seeing the uh, American players uh, making strides in the Bundesliga uh, and then Fabian Johnson was with Gladbach or he is with Gladbach but it looks like he won't be returning uh, next season with them mm-hmm. so there's talks about him coming uh to mls so you know um yeah so so they're sort of uh you know kind of my full-time uh uh, club or i guess german club now so uh i am i am with the foals now and uh you know i've you know sort of learning uh you know they're they're an endearing team they apparently they're bffs with liverpool and so they're sort of like a, a german Liverpool, where they'll actually they have "You'll Never Walk Alone" yeah. on their pregame playlist, and uh, you know uh, Liverpool, they've they've visited for friendlies and whatnot, and so like you know that's that's kind of an endearing thing. I, I like when teams sort of uh, can kind of reach across boundaries and and become friends with other teams. I think that's 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 cute and everything. So yeah, you know, uh, they're I, I I am all into that. Oh. That's 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 quite cool. I mean, I've I've seen no of Schalke because of Weston McKenney and football manager. Yep. Um, yep. You've got uh, Alfonso Davies, who's been yes. tearing the Bundesliga up, absolutely, absolutely. tearing it up. Um, it was I watching uh, Werder Bremen Wolfsburg. I was watching the other day, right? And now obviously you have uh, Josh Sar- uh, Josh Sargent. That's easy to say. Yes. Yeah. Right. Flemming Um but yeah, he he looks really good. He had um, a nice first touch on him. Um, yes. But I hate him because he scored against me whilst I was playing football manager whilst I was watching that game. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, you know, um, he he's a really talented player, uh, going to be a mainstay on the national team for quite a while. And, you know, I will, I will also sort of add, you know, kind of 
bring it back to reality a little bit, you know, uh, bring up Alfonso Davies, Weston McKinney. And then, you know, also want to talk about Jaden Sancho and, oh. and sort of the statements that they made uh, in support of black, uh, or I guess, you know, obviously supporting black lives matter, but to really give uh, them a, a big platform. And then for also uh, the you know Bundesliga to sort of support that message, uh, you had coaches wearing yeah. the Black Lives Matter armbands, yeah. and and I think I think that's great. Uh, you know, it's 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 an ugly thing over here. Uh, I've had a lot of really difficult conversations um, with with anyone who will at least listen yeah. a little bit. Uh, you know. It's it's an uncomfortable time, and and you've got a lot of people fighting back against it for whatever odd reason, um, because it's a message that should be uh, supported. But um, you know there are just divides in this country that have not been mended and yeah. and not been tended to uh, for for a long long time, uh, decades, and. Uh, you know, it's just, it's really tough, and you know, all, all I can really do is is advocate and and support the best I can. Yeah. And you know, you've got some people that are you know claiming, oh, this is virtue si- signaling and what whatever. It, it's got to have a platform, and and this stuff has to stop uh, with with racism and yeah. football. Uh, it's been going on too long. It's it's absolutely ugly over there. Um, you know, especially uh, with with um, Italy's Syria and, and a lot of the divide that still exists there and a lot of the fascist uh, roots that still permeate w- within certain teams uh, there. Um, it's it's a huge problem. It's a bummer. It really like I love the sport, but every time that comes up, uh, it just it bums me out. I have to speak against it. Yeah. And yeah, I don't I, I hate to bring down the mood. You know, but if this is awkward for someone, you know, figure out why that feels awkward, figure out why this is a really sad thing and and try to adjust to it. And that's all I'll say about that for now. But, you know, (laughs) support, support people who speak out against racism, support them, listen to them, just be good, you know, so. uh, Yeah, I'll I'll (laughs) back, back, you know, we'll, we'll go back to. Uh, you know, the main topic, but I wanted to sort yeah. of say that. No, I mean, I'm just going to quickly add to it as well. Um, the whole Black Lives Matter movement is, it is been quite big over here as well. Um, full full support from myself on that. Um, there's been a few things I want to kind of mention, which I don't agree with. So... Um, the guy um, who owns Sainsbury, so a massive supermarket chain over here in the UK, mm-hmm. um, is for Black Lives Matter. Um, yeah. And he was saying about making sure all the statues that are to do with slave trading, they should all be taken down. Any, any references should be scrubbed. And then on Twitter, by some... Racist, and I can't say the word because this is a clean podcast. Mm-hmm. And it was trending boycott Sainsbury's. And I'm just like, Yeah, what? Why? Why? What? Why? Yeah, I just don't get it. I really don't get it. And it, as you said, 
it frustrates the hell out of me um, when you see and you touched on it with the Serie A and there was that um, graphic that they came out for their, their anti-racism campaign. Right. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, the, the monkey one. And I was just like... Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Are you, are, um, are you tone deaf right now? Do you, are you not reading the room? Yeah. What is going on? Um, and then obviously seeing it out there in the States as well. Um, and I've seen a lot from Rory Moeda, um, who works mm-hmm. for DC United. Um, and seeing what he's been up to um, in the protests and everything. And you've seen the police and it's the, the National Guard have been there as well. And it's just like... Ugh. thankfully they've been they've been pulled out but um yeah it got really really ugly yeah. um and, and you know a thing that needs to be understood is that the protests are completely separate from the looting mm. um but you've got Absolutely. some some attention seekers and drama queens uh in like idaho or you know places like that uh who whose response to the protest was we're going to come out with our, you know, military cosplay. We're going to brandish our AR-15s, our pistols, our shotguns, and we're going to intimidate um, because, you know, the 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 items that we buy uh, are apparently more important than the people who are getting murdered by cops. Uh, the you know, and, and the, you know, black people, and then you know, obviously the the response is, well, white people get shot by cops as well, and it's like that's the whole point is you gotta come out, anyways. If 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 that matters to you, you gotta join in with them because it has a stop. Yeah, the law enforcement needs to be reformed uh, completely over here, not just toothless adjustments. That there needs to be a top-down re-examination about how police conduct themselves about how communities are disrupted and um you know i I think it's important that you know if they're you know for for the cops who say they're good cops the good cops need to speak up as well and they need to act as well um and it's not going to change until they do that yeah so i just put out that not all cops are racist or anything um there is there is those bad apples and they're the ones who unfortunately we do take notice of and we need to get those bad apples out i think it's just the only thing i don't want to happen is for every single cop uh to be tarnished with the same brush that's that's the opposite side um to it i don't want that to happen because like i said not all cops are going to be bad cops um, mm. But that, as I said, that the whole Black Lives Matter movement, I think everyone should be one hundred percent behind it. Um, yeah. And there was, um, I don't know whether you watched it last night. Uh, well, it was last night for me anyway. Um, the critical conversations um, on the DC United um, Facebook and Twitter page um, with Bill Hamid, Ben Olson, Charity Blackwell, uh, Rodney Wallace, and Charlie Davies. I think it was yeah um that was it was a bit eye-opening um yeah there's some it was really really good um so i would definitely um check that out if you haven't already um 
let's go back to some positive stuff um, for a moment. You bet. Yeah. Um, um, I guess one positive is, is DC United uh, making a, a big gesture oh. uh, with Black Lives Matter painting. Yes. I can't breathe on the field and Black Lives Matter in sort of the, the center circle. Uh, and on top of that, uh, you know, just to shift gears completely, Ben Olsen, uh, yes. his first on his first post on Instagram was was of the field. So he's on Instagram. Ol- Olsen is on Instagram. He is on the socials oh. now. So this breaking news, what? everyone, Ben Olsen has has broken his digital silence and he is he's one of us now. Wow. He, he's he's an Internet citizen. <laughs> Do you know what his uh, username is over on? Uh... I believe it's Ben Olson fourteen oh, over on Instagram. Is. Of course, of course, it is. yes. Ben Olson. The, the the legend has to make his mark. <laughs> it's Ben Olson underscore fourteen. Underscore fourteen. Underscore yep. fourteen, and he's now followed. Yes. There you so, go. Go and go and follow him. Go and load up go Instagram. And follow him. Yeah. He's now, He's done. He's done two posts. Yes. Yeah. So he's he's in there. Um, you know, wow. good good on him choosing Instagram because Twitter is a minefield. That I I always I always say don't go to Twitter. It's the worst. <laughs> um, but but man, you know, good on him yeah. getting in there. Um, to him. So uh, yeah, and then you know I'll I'll also highlight uh, another thing that DCU covered. Uh, they had a really good video on um oh gosh i'm blanking right now on uh uh moses Naaman uh or nyman yes he uh he basically you know he's a homegrown player came up through the academy um he's a young kid uh still a teenager and you know due to sort of like the the makeup of the team right now with with a lot of uh uh, issues in in the midfield as far as you know player fitness goes uh he's very likely going to see some first team action uh mm-hmm. at this at this MLS's back tournament um so so they had a really good highlight of him and he was saying you know it's 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 such a strange feeling where he goes from you know seeing a lot of the the players in the club you know as as legends and then they're sort of, you know, calling him bro at practice. So, he's, you know, he's coming to grips with this thing where it's like, I play as you in FIFA and you're calling me bro right now. You know, uh, so so that kid's uh, going through a big adjustment and, you know, seems to have a really good head on his shoulders. Uh, really, really talented. And, and you know, you, you kind of hope he comes through that uh, again, some first team action is going to be good for him and, and he can kind of flourish uh, from here. Um, and, and yeah, it's, it's fantastic seeing that. So, uh, super excited about him. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think we've got a, a few good youngsters coming through. I think we've got obviously Griffin. Yeah. We've got Kevin, mm-hmm. Kevin Paredes as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and obviously Moses as well. So uh, yeah, I think the future's starting to look a little bit brighter for us. For sure. Um, before we, move on um yeah. to more conversations between us um we're gonna go on to um an interview that i did earlier on today um it's with dr chris annunziata who's this uh chief medical officer for dc united and he works for Arthur virginia as well so 
Um, this is me chatting to him earlier on. This week's guest, um, I know it's been a while since we've had one, but uh, I think it's a pretty pretty good one. Um, it, it is Chris Annunziata. Well, I should say Dr. Chris Annunziata. Um, he is the Chief Medical Officer for DC United and he's also at Ortho Virginia, who are a partner of DC United. So um, welcome to the show, Chris. Well, thank you for having me. That's not a problem at all. Um, would you be okay giving the listeners a little bit of a background to yourself? Uh, sure. Uh, uh, I'm an orthopedic surgeon um, in the metropolitan uh, D.C. area. Um, I've had the opportunity to provide care for uh, D.C. United uh, over the past uh, um, two years as a chief medical officer and served as their chief orthopedic surgeon uh, previously from uh, 2003 to 2010. Uh, I've also had the opportunity to serve on the um, uh, orthopedic staff for the um, uh, Washington Redskins of the NFL uh, and still currently do so. Wow. I've just been uh, reading up a little bit of a bio of yourself. You've uh, worked with the U.S. men's and women's team in terms of soccer as well. Yeah, in some capacity. Uh, usually we do that regionally. So when you know, the clubs come here to the D.C. area, uh, probably at least once a year, so I've had the opportunity to provide coverage for them while here. So it's a liaison mostly, uh, but that's been a wonderful opportunity. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, for today's show... Um, kind of got you on to talk about obviously the players have been away from each other for roughly around three months now there's been the recent announcement of the mls tournaments that's going to be taking part in orlando very soon um so kind of the first thing really is it's been three months how is it going to impact in team dynamics kind of um, scenario well, of course, I think we had to get them all to lose 20 pounds. I think they've been lazy and sitting and eating donuts a lot. But, uh, <laughs> no. but, but we decided when this started to hit, we had a, um, uh, the coronavirus uh, uh, pandemic hit. We had um, uh, several meetings, but we had one large meeting at the facility and, uh, and developed uh, with, the, with the medical staff, training staff, and, uh, and the coaching staff and had um, a discussion about um, uh, what we should do when the players are off. And um, our, our uh, staff, uh, I think, did an excellent job in regards to uh, organizing training programs for each individual uh, when they were home. Obviously, we didn't know how long this would be, um, so we upgraded the uh, the training intervals um, uh, maybe two or three times a week with our head trainer and his assistants um, uh, really uh, um looking at each individual and seeing, um, well, knowing from preseason what they need to work on and making sure we enforce this um, uh, while they were home and giving specific instructions on what um, what to work on to make up for their deficits that they showed preseason, but also to get them ready uh, when we work to come back uh, to train as a full team. Yeah. So what kind of things have you been putting into place to keep them at sort of their top fitness during this enforced break then? Uh, well, most of the most of it is, of course, individual. But that's been limited too, because of course they haven't had access to a, a gym facilities or mm-hmm. um, or true fields. I know some of the guys that were quite creative, and um, you know, uh, some of course had some weights at home and were able to, to do some workouts at home. Our yeah. training staff uh, did uh, provide um, uh, some other equipment that, that was um, uh, that they had in the facility that they could give to the players, um, and in, uh, some of the players would find some uh, parks to work at. Uh, actually, some were kicked off parks, um, uh, but um, uh, but they did the best they could. Uh, it was it's it's certainly challenging. It wasn't ideal, but the, but I think they all did a really good individual job in, in keeping the level of fitness up. Yeah. So 
obviously going into this tournament that is uh, due to happen I'm, I've not seen a date for it yet um, I'm sure that will get announced um, fairly soon um, in terms of the game time are we going to see sort of a less strenuous games because of the such a long break between the Enforce break um, it's kind of like between the end of the season of last season and the start of the new season in my eyes yeah, I don't know. I mean, of course, it's a concern. Um, um, but I, like I said, I do think we've done a good job in trying to maintain the level of fitness. I think the current game plan is when they do arrive in Orlando, that they will have a, a period of time where they can really um, acclimatize to, to the to the temporary environment there, but also, you know, get their soccer legs uh, uh, back. Um, I think it's interesting, you know, as you can imagine, as a competitive athlete or even a recreational athlete with all the time off from the, from the thing that you love, uh, you're going to be really anxious to go. So I think there's going to be a very high level of energy. I think there's going to be a sense of urgency. Yeah. Um, and I think players are going to really want to show, uh, you know, show what they have. And I think they're given a unique opportunity here in the States where I think they're going to be getting a lot of, a lot more attention than they otherwise um, might get um, at a time of year when other sports here in the United States are very active, like baseball and, and playoff time for basketball and hockey. Now that we haven't had sports, especially televised for quite a while, I think we have the opportunity to really showcase our sport here in the States. And I think the players are going to be excited about that and really show their uh, best product. Yeah, um, honestly, I am so looking forward to getting sports back, obviously over here in the UK. Um, the Premier League is due to come back uh, next week, which I am super excited about. Um, but we've also had things like the Bundesliga um, being broadcast over here. So it's been nice to mm-hmm. get something back. And I imagine in the States, sports a huge part of your culture over there. Um, so I'm, I can't wait to see MLS come back. And it'll be, it will be the first major league that will come back, won't it, if I'm, from what I've seen? Uh, yes. I mean, there's talk about the uh, NBA uh, coming back around the same time. And actually, interestingly, in the same uh, location in Orlando. Uh, so um, I do think we have the opportunity, as I mentioned, to really showcase our sports. I really think this is, you know, it will soon to be one of the major sports that, that come back this early. Of course. Um, and with the way the tournament is going to happen, there's going to be quite a few games in such a sh- short space of time. Will, will we see players regulating their exertions? Will we see them potentially measure out how much effort they're putting into the games? Um, I know some rosters will be bigger than others, so we'll see players being rotated quite often. But for those with the smaller team, with the smaller rosters, will we see players not putting in as much effort throughout the game so they can last longer throughout the tournament? That's a good question. I'm not, um, it's hard to say. I'm not really sure, I don't think anyone's really sure the the actual organization of the uh, of the tournament just yet in regards to the fine details. Mm. Um, I do understand they'll be playing a few matches to... Um, to qualify and annual there'll be several brackets and uh, the the winner of each bracket will go into the tournament play. But I'm not sure how they're stretching that out just yet um, uh, during the week. I don't think anyone knows that just yet. Yeah. Um, so uh, we're, you know, we're going to have to really keep a close eye on our players. As you know, we monitor um, their, their heart rates, their respiratory rates, their, their accelerations and decelerations, and, um, and really, uh, you know, see what their standards are and see if they're meeting those standards or exceeding those standards and trying to adjust their training routine accordingly so it's going to be it's going to take a lot of work from the training staff to really keep this organized and and find that balance of um of really exerting the players so they're ready to uh, to uh excel on the field but also know when to pull them back and, and um change their training routine especially between the games so it's gonna be it's gonna be very touchy it's something we're gonna to have to really 
pay attention, pay strict attention to. And over the years, um, I have been impressed how how much the sport has advanced in regards to the uh, really looking at the physiologic parameters for our players. And uh, and this is going to come into play a lot during this um, uh, this abbreviated season where we really have to pay attention uh, to our players specifically to hopefully avoid any injuries. Yeah, um, and that kind of leads me nicely onto the next question: Will fans expect to see potentially more injuries due to the the style that it's going to be? So, as from what I've been reading, it's going to be four groups. Um, so, really, I would imagine quite matches probably twice a week, I would imagine. I'm, I'm just taking a wild guess on that, though. Um, will there potentially, obviously, being out for so long with the three months, will we see things like potentially pulled muscles, so things like pulled hamstrings, calf muscles, those kind of types of injuries, do you reckon? Yeah, I think that's going to be our biggest concern. I think the combination of time off as well as you know, a different kind of climate. You know, So you know, going to Florida compared to here in Washington, D.C., as well as other teams coming from Canada and, uh, and um, you know, Minnesota, New York, I mean, there's going to be at least a 10 to 15 degree uh, uh, temperature difference. And it's something the players are going to have to get used to. So we're going to have to really focus on hydration um, and uh, uh, and making sure our uh, players are well aware of that to hopefully minimize you know, cramping and then along those lines of uh, muscle strains, which are certainly the bane of our existence. Uh, I think our training staff and, and most of the team's training staff have done a very good job in, in the preseason and looking um, and see what. Uh, um, deficits or asymmetries our players have in the major muscle groups, you know, the quads, hamstrings, uh, um, uh, groin musculature, and really trying to correct that uh, as much as we could preseason. Now, again, with the, with the, with the time off, it certainly is a big concern, but uh, like I mentioned earlier, our training staff know um, what the deficits are for each individual and really have tried to reinforce the importance of, of uh, players training and conditioning um, to, to get to, to get ready and minimize their individual risk for either recurrent injury or new injury especially with the, with the muscle strains. And that's, that's only a big concern. Yeah, I mean, you see players in the past, things like um, Michael Lowen, who had a really bad hamstring, and that kind of really stopped his potential from reaching even higher tops of the game. I know he was Alan Dole winner, but he could have been even better than what he was. So hopefully we'll not have any uh, muscular injuries whilst we're in this uh, tournament uh, for the team. Um, in terms of acclimatizing, obviously, the, as you mentioned, the temperature difference. Um, I've been to Orlando in August time, and I know how hot it is. Um, I, I can imagine we'll have plenty of uh, hydration breaks during the games as well. Yes, and the, the league has really uh, done a good job uh, over the past few seasons in, in really taking the time out uh, uh, during the game. If, if deemed necessary to, to really hydrate our players, I think that's really a very constructive thing the league has done. Uh, and they'll definitely be paying attention to that uh, in Orlando. They're well aware of the of the um, uh, of the issue with respect to uh, acclimatization and, and the heat, humidity down there that other players may not be accustomed to. Um, I've got kind of just the one last question to ask you, Chris. Um, mm -hmm. And and if you're okay to talk about it, um, what is the strangest soccer injury you've actually ever come across? Because I can imagine there'd be some bizarre ones out there. Oh, boy, that's a good question. Let me think back a little bit. Um, Stranger soccer injury. And we've had some strange ones. I think more of the strange ones happen when the guys are at home. Um, yeah. uh, oh, boy. <laughs> I wasn't ready for that one. 
Nothing. I'm sorry. I wish I could be more entertaining. Nothing is really popping up in my brain in regards to uh, that, that. That strikes me. Yeah. Um, I think I'd say in, in a, bo- a boring answer to your question. I'm sorry. I, I think that the biggest challenge we have, and you've already alluded to that, uh, to it with uh, uh, Mike Lowens, is is these recurrent muscle strains, and it really is a, a huge challenge for us. And um, it's a challenge for our training staff, a challenge for the players, and a challenge for us uh, medical doctors because we really haven't. Um, found a good answer for those um, for those injuries. We have an idea in regards to, you know, time players need off and how to train, but it's always a lot longer, ideally, um, to do the right um, rehab and, and treatment plan uh, in midseason. And of course, the players become anxious and 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 um, uh, and want to push the envelope. And we find uh, that we're chasing our tail all the time with these injuries because no. Uh, the biggest risk factor for one of these major muscle pulls is having had a previous muscle pull. So once we start going down that path, it's a huge challenge for us. Um, and that's, we're still looking for the Holy grail in regards to uh, some special physical therapy technique or medical technique or injectable technique um, that can uh, help get these players back quicker, but we just haven't found that just yet. So it's a, it's something we're really looking for, something we're working on and boy, it would really change the game. Uh, for uh, for all parties involved, so it's kind of a boring answer to your question. I'm sorry. I, I guess uh, early in the morning. It's early in the morning here in the states, so I haven't been able to think that one through thoroughly. But I'll tell you what: if I come up with something, I'll let you know. I was going to say, yeah, it's uh, very early, and I do appreciate you taking the time out at this kind of time. I think it's quarter past seven-ish your time at the moment. So um, I would say get some coffee down and get ready for the day. I would say that sounds perfect. <laughs> well thank you very much for like i said just uh taking the time out um i hope you do have a great day and uh, thank you for coming on the show well thank you so much for having me and have a good day and i wish you uh your family and your listeners uh, uh continued health and um and uh, please root for our uh, dc united club absolutely uh, thank you again chris have a good day you too bye-bye and we're back um so that was a fantastic conversation that I had with him earlier on today. Um, it's great to get it from a, um, a physical point of view for the tournament and seeing mm-hmm. how things are going to go down. Um, so I'm really interested to see how fit the play is going to be, especially after three months out of um, out of this out of the season. It's basically when they return. Oh, when I say return, when they go down to Orlando. It's mm-hmm. gonna. They're gonna have to go through preseason again, um, which is yes. gonna be. Who wants to do that? Well, after after what we've endured with uh, Paul Ariola and then um, you know Junior Moreno having kind of a rough start and and Ola Kamara went down as well. You you, you hope the players have have found a way to to stay fit. Um, having this break, uh, it's it's nerve wracking. You kind of wonder. Are they going to be able to come back 100%? Uh, are we going to see more injuries now uh, because of this? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I like what Europe's done to sort of mitigate a, a lot of issues is adding two extra substitutions. Uh, so teams having five subs for a game uh, goes a long way. Uh, there should be more subs. Uh, having to uh, put 11 f- players on a field and only have three substitution options uh, is is a... 
uh, tight situation. And yeah, I, th- I think it's good seeing that type of reform in the sport. So okay. I, I hope more of that happens and more player safety is is going to be accounted for going forward. Um, and, and man, you, you've had a lot of inside scoop. Uh, you had that great interview with, with Ben Olsen, oh. uh, kind of giving you the mental aspect, the way the, the team has stayed, uh, together in sort of a, a, uh, mental sense, how they've kept a lot of cohesion, um, together. And then, you know, now you've got the whole inside story about how they've kept healthy physically. So, yeah. you know, good on you for getting, getting those scoops. It's all in a day's work. I wish. <laughs> I wish. Um, that's not why I've been out for four weeks. I'm just trying to work on some new scoops, but uh, it's literally there's been no soccer. So it's it's been hard. It's been tough. Um, but we've had the lockdown. We're starting to see places starting to come out of it. But we've obviously had a lot of time to really consume a lot of online content. Yes. What's been your favourite so far? If you don't mind, well, I, I will say uh, you asking me to uh, get on your pub quiz. Uh, I was honored to do that. I performed terribly, <laughs> but uh, I had such a good time with that, and and I I hope you do more. That's that's such a great wrinkle uh, to to add to this um, your your media empire. Uh, <laughs> I, I I think that's fantastic, but you know I'll, I'll do a little shameless self promotion here. Um, Go for it. Uh, my friend Ken and I, uh, we're, we're co-hosts on the DCU Soccer Podcast. And so because soccer was away, uh, we kind of put our heads together and we decided, you know, with this time we're given, let's kind of look back on DC United and see where, where we've been. And so we took a trip back and researched their four championship seasons uh, between 1996 and 2004 uh, you know, it was really interesting to one, you know, sort of research these games that I don't have a lot of personal context to, uh, because I was, uh, 10 years old when DC United <laughs> score or won their first championship. Yep. Uh, and, and so it was fun to go back and, and see these great players to, uh, research all of that. So, um, if you, if you look up DCU soccer podcast, uh, really just just take that all in we've got you know four hours of well-researched uh, discussed conversation or discussed co- uh, content and so you know uh, yeah we we're just really proud of, of what we uh, kind of accomplished with that project and it's it, it's always nice to look back on uh, Pascalories um, mm-hmm. especially the, the first championship obviously it just kind of went up from there, didn't it, really? It really did. And, and you know, we had a, a dynasty at that time. Uh, so, you know, we, we uh, it's been a while since we've faced that glory. Uh, yeah. where We're kind of in a Liverpool in the early years of the Premier League uh, situation here. You know, they were so dominant before. Uh, you know, they kind of the top flight broke off from the EFL and created this whole new thing. And Manchester United and Arsenal uh, and Chelsea became so dominant uh, in that period. Uh, you know, we're kind of experiencing a very sa- similar thing where it has been uh, quite a few years since that last tournament and or since that last championship. 
And so, you know, you, you hope we'll return soon. Um, we still have the history, but uh, at a certain point, you know, teams will start catching up to us and we won't necessarily have that to lean on anymore. So uh, hopefully the team, you know, gets, gets back to that glory. I'm, I'm hoping for the best here. Fingers How about you? What, what, what's been, you know, uh, your favorite content uh, so far? So far, um, yeah. I mean, obviously, I loved doing that pub quiz. That was just yep. something else. Um, yes, we had technical issues where the internet disappeared. I mean, that was that was Weird. not fun. Yeah, that was not fun. Um, well, it wasn't the internet that actually disappeared. It seemed to have lost its connection to YouTube um, with the stream. So that was an experience. Let's put it that way. Um, yeah, I, I've loved seeing a lot of the the content coming out from the club um i mean yep. i know because it's fresh in my mind the the critical conversation last night that was really very good. very good so i want to see more of things like that um and from from a player um the gressel special yep i just love the name yes. i think it's a great name um and it's been great to see the stuff that he's been doing and the plays that he's been getting, even he, even if he's had a Red Bulls player on, right? Ugh. Well, I, I will also highlight um, the work they've done to um, sort of increase their, uh, you know, uh, Latino uh, engagement. Yes, uh, having having a dedicated um, uh, Spanish speaking uh, interviews, and and I think that is uh, a really good step by the club as well. Um, especially after last season where, uh, the club definitely seemed a bit tone deaf, uh, with the fans and, yeah. and now that they've taken some legitimate steps, I, uh, you know, I, I hope more of that continues and, and, you know, the only thing, the only thing I would say, and, and, you know, uh, is, is just having more upper level management, um, you know, sort of be more district based. Uh, I think we, we lost one of our our chief officers, uh, recently. Yep. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't remember the context behind it, but, uh, I think, I think mostly it was because he wasn't really around in, in the, uh, DC area. And so I think, I think he ended up going back to Florida. And so, um, you know, I, I, I that's just the big thing is, is if yeah. this club wants to create that sense of community, they need to sort of hire within the community. Uh, because that's that's what matters. DC is a, yeah. a really vibrant uh, town that's dealing with a lot right now in terms of uh, people being pushed out uh, of the city uh, in the say you know becoming more gentrified. So you know I, I, I it's it's good to see the club uh, really sort of stepping up and and increasing their representation. No, absolutely. It's that's the one thing that is always made me love the club is that the fact that they want to be that community um and it, yes there's been some bad times with some of the content it's not been great but this last off season just gone their yeah. their content went from here yeah right up to here and it's just been just getting better and better and better every single time they they share something it's just what can you say? It's just been fantastic. Um, mm -hmm. Another question I want to ask you. Yeah. If you could interview just the one player, past or present, 
who would it be? And they could be DC United. And then, so, and then just literally anyone you could. Okay, so I, I, there is one answer I would have, but I've actually had the pleasure of meeting him. Is Ben Olson? Mm-hmm. I've met him a couple times. Uh, he's he's a fantastic guy to talk to. I've never, you know, or or you know, I've I've gotten to you know sort of get a little inside baseball, but you know, not not super you know in depth on anything. But um, he's just he's just a guy I really like. Uh, he's just a no nonsense type of person, uh, really direct and yeah. and um, but but at the same time a good a good conversationalist. Uh, but I would say Aleko Eskandarian. Yeah. Yes. Uh, that guy had a, a big personality, <laughs> um, you know, and, and I sort of really uh, got to got to get a good look of, of the contra- contributions he made to D.C. United uh, in the few seasons that he was there from, I think it was 2003 to 2006. Um, you know, gosh, just just seems like a really good guy a real talker you could probably have have a, a, a solid drink with him and get some good stories out of him so that that is my pick uh just just a fantastic guy nice um i mean obviously i've thankfully managed to interview ben um yep there's one there's realistically there's two two players from the past that i do want to interview and that would be mm-hmm. jaime moreno yeah, just so I can talk about his time at Middlesbrough, and then obviously moving over to uh, DC United, and yep. bringing me and the support with him, um, and then Freddie Adu. Oh boy, yeah. I would, I would love to really just have a proper sit down chat with him and just find out what what went wrong, what went wrong in his career, um, to yeah. lead him to unfortunately not having a club anymore, and. That move to Benfica, should he have done that at that age? Right. Because he was still, what, he was 16 when he moved over there? Um, and then he's just gone so, from club yeah. to club to club to club, continent to continent. He's he's played all over the place. He's played, yeah. what, obviously in North America, South America. He's played yep. in Europe. He's Has he played in Asia yet? Oh, oh man, not that I remember. But I mean, you know, it's not just, you know, sort of that, but like he's bounced from, you know, sort of top tier leagues to, you know, sort of second, third division leagues and and still wasn't able to find a a place even in that situation. So it's just, uh, man, that that is a a mind bending um, thing to look at. Uh, You know, he's he's apparently turned it around and uh, well, you know, not in terms of uh, being a player, but in terms of being a a coach and a mentor. Uh, I believe he he started up an organization where he's working with young kids and and helping them uh, develop their soccer skills. And I think imparting uh, knowledge, you know, from his experiences and and how uh, they can, you know, better, you know, or, or have a better result in their own. Uh, lives, you know, what not not necessarily soccer specific, but just yeah. in general. No, absolutely. I, it's, it's I follow him on both Twitter and Instagram, and you see some of the things that he's doing, and he's doing a lot of um, training at the moment. So, I, potentially, he might even be wanting to get back into into club soccer. So, fingers crossed, he, he finds that level where he does perform really, really well. Um, I'm surprised. Mm-hmm. 
he didn't really do it at Las Vegas Lights. I thought that would have been a great club for him. The, there is an interview. I, it was either ESPN or Sports Illustrated uh, where where they interviewed him, but then they they also got some inside talk from from players uh, or or managers associated uh, with like Las Vegas Lights, and the words about him were were unkind to say the least. Uh, uh, it's a it's a fascinating interview. I, I'll see if I can send a, a link to you uh, yeah. if I can find that. Um, but it really does break down uh, why it was that he he ended up with you know the way the way things did with him. Um, so yeah, fascinating. It would be it would be yeah really interesting to sit down and talk to him. Yeah. So, Freddie, this is probably ne- never going to happen. But if you do listen to the show, send me a DM. Absolutely. Fingers crossed. You never know. Um, so. We did get a question sent in uh, from a fan of the show, Brian Lake. Um, he, I'd say a super fan. He's a bit of a show. super fan, yeah. Yeah. I, I enjoy his. I enjoy his questions. They they they've really really good ones, and he's asked this for this show. As much as we all want football back, should we support it when the story coming out of the negotiations with Major League Soccer? is that the players were strong-armed into returning when they may not have been com- completely comfortable with the idea of going to Florida for the tournament in the beginning or the matches back home to complete the season. That is... Ooh, do we, a lot. Yeah. Um, do we, should we support it? Um, from a selfish point of view, hell yes. <laughs> I want football back. Um, right. But from a player's safety point of view... Mm-hmm. that's where we've got to really tread lightly on are they going to get tested um, you look at Bundesliga and the level of testing that they're doing in that league that's, yeah. I think it's a test before the match, test after the match test 24 hours before the game and then a test midweek so that's near enough four tests a week mm-hmm. would MLS get that so, you know, I, I I will. So there's a common refrain here in the United States. Whenever these CBA discussions come up, uh, people bemoan it because they basically say, you know, between the the owners and the players, it's it's millionaires fighting against billionaires. Uh, valid, you know, it, it's kind of ridiculous. Where you know, I think it, like in the NFL, the league minimum I think is northwards of of 500,000 uh per year for for a minimum wage player. Uh yeah, I think I think it's 750,000 if if my memory serves wow. me. Um for major league soccer that is not the case. Yes, you've got you've got top tier players that are making quite a lot of money, uh but you've got players and and this shocks me most of the time. Uh, making sort of sort of a corporate rate wage when you look at it. Uh, yeah. You know, maybe maybe I think it's like fifty something thousand per year or or somewhere around those lines. I think um, from what I've from the game football manager because they've kind of got the salary structure quite right on there. I yeah. think the senior minimum salary is what was it a thousand pound a week? 
Okay. So that's around fifty thousand pounds a year. This is probably around about fifty-five to sixty thousand dollars. I want to say. Yeah, that that sounds pretty accurate. Um, so, yeah, you know, gosh, for so for those players who, um, you know, when you talk about being strong-armed, um, they they have very little in terms of of influence. And uh, when you're talking about sort of wage cuts throughout the league. Yeah, you know, your your top tier players are fine, but for for those who are making that senior minimum, uh that's that's a squeeze. And especially for the fact that, you know, you've got these teams that are based in major cities, well except for Columbus cuz that place is a pit, but <laughs> <laughs> I will always take an opportunity to uh trash Ohio. But anyways, uh You've got players living in very expensive cities, uh, putting putting their bodies on the line, you know. So when injuries happen, and if you're making a minimum wage, uh, that 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 hurts, um, and so that um, is is very hard. Uh, so in, in that sense, you know, I, I am upset that the players have gotten strong armed uh, by the league, and especially with having to go down to Florida in the middle of July with very little in terms of organized preparation yeah uh that's that's very hard to support uh unselfishly now yes it's gonna be nice having soccer back but uh it's it's you know how how else could this have happened or how else could this have been uh remedied that's tough to know that's that's why uh people make the big bucks uh, to, to organize this stuff. But, you know, MLS could have a better commissioner, uh, Don Garber, uh, roundly dislike and, and recently, uh, didn't do much to sort of minimize a, a lot of that attitude. Um, sort of saying, you know, when they were, uh, sort of in preparation to announce this stuff, uh, he threatened to fire anyone, uh, who would leak information to the yeah. press. And you look at that, and it's like, yeah, MLS is kind of strong-arming um, you, yep. because it's a, it's a reflection of, of the leadership uh, top to bottom. Uh, that's It's a bad look. It's a bad look. Um, how else could it be fixed? Who knows? Um, but, again, optics are everything, you yeah. know? It's, it, it's a tricky one. Um when you look at obviously the location the facility is brilliant there's no there's no bones about it it's a fantastic place to do it yeah to be fair they are going to uh be at a a world class this is like yeah you know manchester city level uh in in terms of amenities and uh just overall facility um condition they they're they're going to a very good uh place but again um the way this all sort of happened it's it's sketch yeah yeah that's it it's i want to ask how how are we going to do but nobody knows right now um and obviously we've just heard the announcement so we'll let we'll save predictions for another show Mm -hmm. um that's it. We've come to the end. Um, 
it's, it's we been, we it, went places we we went we went up we went down we went yeah. uh we've talked you've talked about loopy. soup we talked about a lot of soup <laughs> uh so you know man um this is there was a lot built up uh i was i was happy to get a, a lot off my chest yeah uh through this and and thank you so much for for having me on uh i'm i'm always tickled when you when you give me the call so uh yeah um all, always a pleasure uh, well like i said always thank you for being on um let the folks at home know where they can find you yeah so you can find me on twitter and instagram posting all sorts of spicy uh stuff uh at s dakota soccer um and then you can also check out uh my podcast with uh with Ken over at DCU Soccer, uh, and again, check out check out that DC United Championship retrospective. We worked <laughs> way too hard on that thing, <laughs> um, it, but you know it was so much fun, and and I think uh, it's a it's a quality show that we put in. Oh, absolutely, do do check that out. Um, from me, obviously, as always, you can find me at DC United Kingdom over on Twitter. Um, Facebook and Instagram, it is at DC United Kingdom FC. Check out the website, dcunitedkingdom.com. Um, click that merchandise link because you can get hey. these. Hey. Look at these. So Absolutely. That's this killer. is brand new. Um, I've just switched um, merchandise stores over the lockdown period. So um, give it a, give it a quick stand up if you can. Oh, you want me to model? You want me to model? Hang on, two the seconds. The full package, the full Monty. Gotta, gotta make give sure I put some trousers us. on. <laughs> I've got trousers on. Give me two seconds. I'll take the headphones off. All right, all right. Oh, that. Oh, little little bit to little bit to the. Oh, that that is fresh. There you go. That's fresh, clean, crispity crisp. Oh, got absolutely the beautiful. There's very nice. There is so much on there, um, which is what the reason why I switched. Um, so click on the merchandise link. You've got the, these types of t-shirts. There's jackets on there. Um, there's mugs, um, mm. which I have an old version of the monk. Um, just not here. Otherwise, I'd be drinking coffee from it, um, like I do most mornings. Um, right. But yeah, uh, check it out. Um, it's very well priced I'm, i've got to say that mm -hmm. obviously um also click on the membership link there's um there's t there's kind of a tiered membership there's a free one and there's a paid for version if you went with the paid for version you get an exclusive t-shirt which you can't buy anywhere else right so, there, there there's there's a little hook um but yeah the the group is over on twitter as well which is fantastic so we just need you, you ever seen lock stock and two smoking barrels uh not for a long time but yes you know that scene in the beginning where jason statham is selling the jewelry and all of that and you got his guy on the inside that comes in and is like five pound that's a steal i'll buy it <laughs> we need that person to kind of chime in on this call and be like are you kidding me that's a steal i'll buy it now that's my awful awful english accent right there uh i rarely break that out but you know, I, I just, just, I wanted, again, with how heavy this got, I wanted to kind of <laughs> lighten it up a little bit. So, so yeah. Uh, Let me put it this such way. such good stuff. Your awful, that's what you said, awful English accent is much better than my, I'm not even going to attempt an American accent, so. 
<laughs> because God well, knows someday. what comes out. It'll probably end up being Australian. Someday we'll 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 get that out of you. Maybe the next pub quiz. <laughs> if I've had a couple of drinks, you never know. I end up we'll going more northern though. So <laughs> if you struggle to understand the questions, that'll be why. Um, in terms of pub quiz, um, before we do close out the show, um, oh lovely, I'm potentially looking at doing one at the end of this month. So for you listeners out there, um, if you want it, let me know. Um, It'll probably be the end of this month or the start of next month. Um, time just kind of flies by um, when you've got a kid. Mm-hmm. It's just been a bit crazy. Let's put it that way. Um, but Absolutely. As you can see, well, if you're listening to the show, you won't be able to see it. But if you're watching on YouTube, you'll see these things up here. It's a goodbye from this one. It's a goodbye from the Pride one. It is Pride Month still. Yep. And it's a goodbye from the first ever DC United Kingdom t-shirt. So, Fantastic. Until, until next time, vamos United. Vamos United. <laughs>